rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. I know that you guys are looking good and a a educator, uh-huh. teacher, all around great guy, community oh, um, community leader, and he was also marching in the parade. I was waving at him, but he didn't see a brother. Uh-huh. In which parade? This last 4th of July parade. No, I wasn't in the 4th of July parade, no, Okay, man. damn, awkward. No, it's okay, that's okay, but I have, you know what, I mean, you might have just kind of been reminiscing on other ones that I that I was in, because I was definitely in other 4th of July parades, and yes. I've been in a number of parades, you know. My brother has seen you in a parade. Yeah, 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 yeah. so, I mean, you know, um, they mesh together. We have Eric Franzen on the show with us today. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good. I've been, you know, enjoying chatting with you here and uh, just kind of uh, seeing what's going on in everybody's lives and thinking about what's going on here in Aurora. And I look forward to talking about some of those things here. We we have a lot to discuss. Mm. We got some news for all of you guys today, uh, but also we got local headlines too. But we're going to discuss a topic of great importance today that you guys should uh, know about recent stuff that happened at a cane. County board meeting. We're going to be discussing that. Mm. Give us your opinion as well. Aisha Saxon, good morning. Jennifer Ryan Mateson, good morning. Maria Carito, good morning. And last but not least, Jen Mendoza, good morning to all y'all. Hit the <laughs> See, now this is kind of like, now you get like a little bit of the experience of what it's like being a teacher, like going through a bunch of names and you're like, can I pronounce this name correctly? I hope I don't butcher this. <laughs> Sit down. You, you, you. Like a substitute teacher. Um, so, for those of you who are familiar, Eric Branson has been around a very long time here in the city. You're leaving us now. Yeah. Talk about that. Where are you going? I'm going to uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, I tell people, you know, they're like, you know, trying to like find some kind of deep issue. Like, why would you do this? You know, kind of thing. And I'm just like, well... Uh, on the most superficial level, I really like the summer, and so I figure I don't want it to end. <laughs> right. Just head into the eternal summer. Um, I I haven't been to Fort Myers. I heard good things though about it. I haven't been to Fort Myers either. Oh, so I, you're I, you, just, you, you, so you just yeah. I mean, I I went to Tampa Bay to visit a friend recently. I've always kind of felt like, you know, okay, I've been raised in the Midwest, and that's always a part of me. Right. But uh, I've always just kind of felt like, you know, that 
the Midwest is not where I wanted to uh, finish the the second half of my life. Do the second half of my life, let's say, you know. So interesting. So no no retiring and settling settling down. No, no, I I. Come to that. How'd you come to that realization? So uh, so I've you know done a little bit of traveling, not like you know uh, uh, so, um, like not that prolific of a traveler if you could use that uh that word for that but um i uh back when i was in college i stayed in spain for five months and uh the costa del sol is uh is like right on the southern tip of uh spain and it's really nice weather all the time and and i also appreciated just uh culture that was that was outside of that one that i grew up in you know and I kind of, first of all, kind of became, well, I became addicted to both of those things, you know, uh, different cultures and <laughs> different, different climate. And so when I came back, uh, this is 2003, uh, came back from Spain and I came back to the winters here. I said, oh no, this, this is not going to last forever. Spain and yeah. then decided, you know what? rap <laughs> yeah and then later you know i you know I, I tried to go and stay in california you know things didn't necessarily work out at that point in time it was kind of you know wasn't all dependent on me but uh and then i you know i was in the peace corps in the dominican republic you know you so, were hold on yeah. wait hold. i'm holding <laughs> You were in Peace Corps? <laughs> you with your sound effects, man. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I was in the Peace Corps. 2010 to 2012. 517-1002. Yeah. That is, that's absolutely very, I like that. Thank you. I like that. Uh, I'm an AmeriCorps guy and a Rotarian. So right I, on. Shouts out to our service organizations and people out there doing good things. Shout out to the Peace Corps, y'all. Shout out yeah. to the Peace Corps. Yeah, I was just uh, grateful. You know, one of the things that, uh, you know, grateful that, you know, that this country, you know, provides the opportunity for, you know, at least, you know, those of us who have had a certain set of experiences that that we can contribute to you know uh trips abroad and uh to other communities um you know that they provided me with that opportunity to to serve in that way so yeah now uh let's talk about you uh let's talk about you being a teacher what's teaching been like here in our area were you with d131 or you were 129 I was at 129 for the first uh, three and a half years of my teaching uh, career. Uh, and so I taught, uh, started off doing ESL in like a number of the different schools, uh, you know, in Aurora and North Aurora. Uh, don't ask me all the names because, you know, I'm like the first person to forget names of things. But then I uh, ended up uh, teaching uh, third grade bilingual at... Um, at Nicholson Elementary School, which is actually in Montgomery, um, but yeah, for 129. And then uh, I went from there. I didn't get my because uh, of some issues with my uh, education. I didn't get my. I had a transitional license, and so according to the policies of 129, I didn't. I wasn't able to finish uh, the the getting the full licensure within the time span that they needed. Or whatever. So I went and taught in Plainfield the last uh, three years. Uh, 
what was it like out there in Plainfield? What were the differences between sure. Aurora? I mean, we as citizens, I know what Aurora has and what Plainfield doesn't, but what was the difference in the well, teaching aspect? You, got, you have plenty of good questions. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, so I went, you know, if I compare Nicholson to Thomas Jefferson Elementary, which interesting thing, I was just reading all the articles on, you know, the history of Thomas Jefferson with his uh, mistress. But anyway, yeah. Um, if you want to call him a mistress. Daniel Barrero is here. Good morning, Daniel Barrero. Good morning. Yay! Hey, boss. Well, <laughs> you know, we kind of dealt with on the Hispanic Heritage Advisory Board and stuff. Um, just throwing out all kinds of different things right now. But uh, the difference is, you know, uh, Nicholson was, you know, a very d diverse school, um, you know, and, and more of a low-income uh, community there, you know. So, uh uh, and and a much smaller school, um, so just that in and of itself was was quite a bit different from when I went to uh, Thomas Jefferson, which is you know not I'm not gonna say like an affluent area, but you know much more like upper middle class, not quite the same you know level of diversity, less uh, you know. Um, Mexican American, you know, students and things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, one interesting aspect of it, it was also a bigger school, but um, with that came that they had self contained classrooms for uh, students uh, with special needs. And so, and, and I loved how that the kids uh, in the mainstream classrooms saw that every day. And became familiar with it because when I was a kid, I went to Caneland uh, out here, out to the west here in the cornfields back when they didn't have any of these. Corn and he go riding. <laughs> Crambo. <laughs> That's a great episode of uh, uh, Tom and Jerry there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, you know, I, I just was not familiar with with. Uh, just these kind of diverse experiences that uh, that kids are getting more now. You know, I had to learn much more as a as an adult or as a young adult, and and just you know that that level of familiarity with you know with kids that are you know that have autism, Down syndrome, um, different you know types of you know developmental uh, disorders, et cetera. And so that was really good. Yeah. Um, and and in both cases, I had uh, a really good experience. This, uh, you know, the schools had their different um, initiatives, priorities, the school districts, you know. Um, but uh, you learn something from every place you go, you know, and you bring it to the next place you go. Or Myers in this case. Time is now eight twelve a.m. You're tuning in. Good morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We are here with our dear friend Eric. Branson. Uh, he's leaving us. He's going to Florida, and we're getting our last chance to sit down and talk to him. Glad you guys are tuning in. Uh, so when you, will you ever come back? Oh, yeah. I mean, my family lives in the area. My mom, you know, lives uh, in, like, the Oswego, Yorkville area, kind of like right over there uh, off of Orchard. I don't want to, like, give too much detail, uh, but got uh, got to keep mom safe, <laughs> yeah, you right. know? case anybody don't like what I say today. Um, 
and uh, and my sister uh, lives in the North Aurora area. So we, you know, uh, all have, you know, uh, the base of my family is all in the Kane County, you know, around Aurora area. So uh, I'm always going to come back here. And of course, when I'm, as I'm saying goodbye to friends for now, you know, just for now, uh, um, everybody, you know, I tell everybody, yeah, I'm going to be coming back through here and saying what's up to everybody, you know what I mean? And it's always going to be a pleasure to see all of the, you know, changes that take place in people's lives and in this town, you know, um, I've always uh, cared a lot about, you know, Aurora and, and you know, where it goes. I, I just, when I first started uh, coming here and um, doing like, I did an internship uh, with Linda Chapalavia, that was kind of like my first real uh, entrance in, into Aurora, I don't know, what was that, back uh, like 2007, something like that. Wow, what was that like? um it it was it was a good experience it was uh there was uh i, I was just kind of becoming familiar with what you know state legislators do uh what and then especially like the whole constituent services aspect a lot of people aren't aware that you know and you should be aware that there's constituent services you know available through your legislators on the national you know the federal you know state local well i don't know how local yeah you know aldermen they yeah, they, they, they provide constituent services so and your state representative hit them up that's why we tell y'all mm -hmm. all the time you'd be surprised yeah not just for legislative issues but also like hey you know i've got this thing going on with my taxes you know my state taxes i can't get it done or whatever they've got liaisons and stuff that you can that you can contact uh, so yeah, I've um, kind of got me an entrance in that, and then you know I also got to see, you know how you could use uh, or um, some of those positions to work on, you know, to show some leadership in in the local area to get certain kinds of initiatives uh, jump started and things like that. So um, yeah, it was a good experience, taught me a lot, and and it really started to get me connected to uh to some of the things going on in aurora uh hesed house i was we were doing some stuff related to uh just uh she was interested in uh investigating more about like child homelessness oh, my microphone fell down i gotta twist the thing hopefully the thing. there we <laughs> all right um so yeah, uh, without rambling on too much, it, it you know uh, it got me kind of my entrance here in, into Aurora, and and I felt like it was kind of like my uh, my home base from there. And so then from there, I just had to find a way to uh, move in, and so I ended up in uh, Leland Tower, uh, living here for the last five some odd years. All right, we'll talk more about Leland Tower here in a second. Um, mm -hmm. Because we've got a friend, Tracy Duran is here, y'all. Tracy Duran, good morning. First things first, former Aurora Police Chief Bill Powell said the biggest problem the city's next top cop needs to address our community involvement, which was strained during civil unrest and the COVID-19 pandemic and the lack of minority police officers within the department. He says Keith Cross, who Mayor Richard Irvin appointed to serve as the next chief of police on Wednesday, is the man for the job. Several Aurora activist groups have teamed together to call for police reform since the civil unrest following the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. Yeah. Some activists agree new leadership will bring a chance to start meaningful dialogue 
and say past interactions with Cross have been open. I'm going to give the link to the chat in the, uh, excuse me, put the link in the chat for you guys to read this article on your own. Very well written. Um, and yeah, this is interesting because we interviewed uh, former police chief Bill Powell mm-hmm. way back in the day. It was one of our best interviews, so you guys can check this out. The time is 8.17 a.m. You are listening to Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. It is Monday, y'all. Welcome. Eric, what does America need more of? <laughs> uh openness to learning uh i think uh you know sometimes we live on our own little island you know uh we feel that we are the you know center you know the cultural center or the power center of the world and i think uh sometimes that isolates us into our own um echo chamber of thinking um so thanks for asking me that uh that you know high-minded question i hope hopefully i gave a high-minded answer that was a that was a that was a very good answer i mean it's well it's life Mm. so you know what does america need more of there's not really a right or wrong answer you know it's right 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 it's a collaborative effort yeah and Um, that and that filters down and you know and some of the things we're going to talk about today about you know that yeah we all need to be flexible in our thinking and we need to be open to learning there was hysteria at a recent Kane County board meeting. That's what we're going to be talking about. The link to the article um, about Keith Cross, however, is in the chat. The time is 819. Uh, Mr. Barrero says, best wishes, Eric. Oh. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, Mr. Barrero and, uh, and his uh, help while I was on the Hispanic Heritage Advisory Board here in Aurora. You know, he's a hardworking guy. So I want to, before we get into the actual article, I want to kind of take a, a brief moment to say thank you to everybody. Hope that you guys had a great weekend and keep the fan picks coming. Uh, we had another fan picture by uh, Tracy Duran and her family. They were out at the Aurora Farmer's Market. It was a really good time. Right. Uh, we appreciate them coming in and giving us that picture. Well, they didn't come in to give us. They yeah. sent it in. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <we see. laughs> You got to, you know, it's semantics, but you want to be exact, you know. Um, Norma Peterson is here as well. It's 820. All right. So let's get into the article. Politics gets local at a recent Kane County board meeting. Uh, excuse me, local and vocal. Uh Politics, as they say, is local, and that was the case on Tuesday when a group of Fox Valley residents filled the Kane County Board meeting and, armed with what they considered ample proof, raised the voter fraud issue that has, unfortunately, come to dominate politics in America. How do I know? I know. The half dozen or so speakers, ranging from a Geneva man who says he's been involved with voter fraud cases across the country since November to a precinct committee woman from Carpentersville uh, concerned about how votes came out of the house across the street were passionate and polite in their demands for a forensic audit of the 2020 November election in Kane County. Uh, And they were persuasive enough that the board is bringing their concerns to the Public Service Committee for further review 
and requesting that Kane County Clerk Jack Cunningham be present to answer any and all questions. <laughs> uh, and and that's the issue. What do you think about that? Yeah, I feel like that is appeasing something that has clearly, I mean, we've seen across this country. If you're, you know, uh, accepting of reality uh, of uh, the facts that that have existed again and again, that this is not something that is affecting the outcomes of votes. Um, and it's a narrative that's harmful uh, to our society, you know, uh, that's breeding distrust and, you know, uh, democracy and, you know, elections are based on mutual trust that the game is, you know, it's not a game, but, you know, but that the system is fair. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, it's, it's this whole uh, uh, gaslighting, you know, of, of society that, you know, where they're like, hey, you know, people just want to see that it's fair. Well, you know, why do they think it's not fair? Well, because we told them it's not fair, you know, and, it, and it's just like this cyclical, sick, you know, uh, thinking. Um, and so that's why I say, you know, people need to really uh, be flexible in their thinking nowadays because, you know, we're, we are being confronted and we will continue to be confronted, especially because of techn uh, technology advances uh in terms of how we communicate with each other we continue to be confronted with these n brand new issues and if we have dinosaur you know age thinking we are going to get run over very quickly you know people get very comfortable in the spot that they're at and they think that stuff will continue to work the same way and it, and it won't and it won't we have seen from the events that have taken place over the last uh, just, you know, since, I mean, let's say, you know, especially since 2016, I think we know what that's about, uh, just how quickly things can change and how f quickly we can get outside of what we considered to be the norm. And if we think that that's crazy, just keep on, you know, uh, doing things the same way and letting everything, the, the whole world keep changing and see what that results in. A second and and they were able to get a meeting yeah yeah so the the one lady says the votes from the house across the street i got an issue with them I, yeah. something's funky going on yeah like peering yeah. out the window at them and stuff like that like you know classic uh someone you know neighbors peering out the windows at the at the new neighbors and stuff weird you know like um and then the other guy says that he's been involved uh, he's been involved with voter fraud cases across the country, and recently in Arizona, they had the whole reelect or uh, re Arizona recount. Out of thirty, excuse me, three million ballots, they had less than two hundred cases of voter fraud. So, how did these? And they're going to be like, that's just the tip of the iceberg, you know? Right, it's like, no, right. those are the only ones that were given in, and it wasn't. It was like possible. They were potential right. voter fraud. I would bet once you take those two hundred. And really analyze them. Oh no, that would, this was just kind of questionable. We didn't know exactly what was happening here. They said it was potential voter fraud, but either way, too. I mean, what percentage is that? I, I'm not that good at math to do that on the spot, but it's lot a lot less than one percent. You know, I know that much. Think about it in money, right? Mm -hmm. I got three million. I give you less than two hundred bucks. 
I mean, come. <laughs> I mean, I'd appreciate the two hundred bucks, you know, but uh, but I I feel like you'd still be in good shape. <laughs> Word up. Um, yes, Anna says this week is starting off strong. Yeah, that's right. That is- so yeah, it, it, it uh, doing that uh, that meeting and you know uh, taking that you know issue into committee and and, and that sort of thing. It's really an appeasement, you know, uh, that's how, uh, you know, uh, a lot of these things happen, how these movements uh, gain traction and uh, and, you know, uh, start moving forward and growing is because you start appeasing things because it's, you know, a a political calculation. Well, we don't want to make it look like we're not open to these things. It's like, no, come on, man, you know. We've got important, you know, there's important things to be addressed, you know, in Kane County or throughout, you know, in in the municipalities throughout this nation, you know, and it's already been proven, you know, that this voter fraud thing is is a sham and and it's just a, a, a toxic narrative to have going on in society on a regular basis. And I'm sorry, some of these people who are like stuck on these things, it's like, you know, they need to start, uh, being more isolated. Sorry, they're not gonna like to hear that, and like that's why I don't want anybody to know exactly where my mom's address is because, like, you know, I know some of these <laughs> folks, you know, they like track people down on the internet, but they need to st- they need to start saying, "Hey, look, America is moving on without you. We're not going to cater to you and uh, and you know what you need to believe." Because right, that's what it comes down to when you need to believe something. Uh, despite all the facts it doesn't matter that i could hit you with a million facts you know and uh and it doesn't matter and and i think uh you know it's it, it's something that that you know those those folks can't be in control of the narrative and uh and you know the, what we work on you know in our communities so uh the link to the specific article that we're talking about is in the chat for you guys to read. Please read it. Please check it out. And that's the discussion. Um, where does it stop? Should we just allow, no matter what it is, or how long, no matter when, should we just continuous, continuously allow the, the space for these type of discussions and get the Kane County clerk the man who no other citizen could reach by an email. Do we appease or do we have the temerity? That's the word of the day, temerity. Do we have the temerity to say enough is enough with these theories? The time is 8.28 a.m. Let us know in the chat what you guys think the article's in there. Give it a little skimmy skim. We're here with Eric Franz and dear friend of the show. It's 8.28. Um, Daniel Barrero says, kudos to all educators. Kudos to all our educators out there. We got some teacher friends who are tuning in. And Casildo Casey Cuevas says, says, um, buenos dias. Good morning. Buenos dias. Yeah, so... Yeah, and you know, and and I, uh, everybody, regardless of what their beliefs are, you know, deserves you know the respect uh, of just recognizing that that they're another human in this crazy society that we live in, you know, that's trying to do what they think is best. So it's nothing like you know I want those people to you know anything 
bad to happen to them. It's just that, you know, I'm sorry, you know, the, the people who don't, you know, uh, aren't informed are not willing to inform themselves about just basic facts that, that, that are out there in society and, and are demanding extreme uh, actions on things uh, that are really far away from what it is that we need to be addressing in society. Those, um, unfortunately, until you get off that spot, you can't, you're not allowed to, to you know, control uh, public discourse. Sorry. Absolutely not. No, I, I, word up. Right. Word, word up. I, 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 I completely agree with you. We need we need to be catering. I don't want catering. We need to be paying attention to the folks that are really, you know, trying to make, you know, life better for all of us. And when it really comes down to it, I know in my heart of hearts that the folks who are working on these conspiracies and stuff, they're thinking about themselves and their constituents, their uh, associates, you know, they're not thinking about all of us. They're thinking about just just sort of what they want, what they need to believe, and, and they need to, like, come back and join the rest of society. Join us. We are one. We can be one. Recognize it. <laughs> now... That's a perfect segue for something that we like to call it sounds, it sounds like we're about to hear about like a hurricane that's like coming our way or something <laughs> like like CNN breaking news. <laughs> uh, second ward alder woman uh, Garza has an ice cream social. Sunday, August 8th is going to be at 12.30 p.m. Free school supplies. That's at, going to be at McCarty Park 5, excuse me, 350 East Galena Boulevard. You know how we do on this show. Whenever I mess up in my speech, we all, that means you in your office or at home or in your car, we all take a sip of coffee. Eric, get your chai latte. Okay. All right. Need another another sip so that you can re-up. Ah, yeah. That's better. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, those those kinds of events are important, you know, and especially, you know, you get uh, I've noticed that you get uh, some of the local not for profits like M Mutual Ground, Hesed House, uh, Family Focus, uh, you know, World Relief, so many different uh, yeah, culture stock. I, I, there's all kinds of different organizations around here that can really, you know, help uh, out a lot of folks uh, living in those wards and uh, so you get those folks out there to fun events and and then oh in the school districts uh, so that uh, people can be aware of the resources that are available to them in, in a uh, sort of a disarming environment. Uh, so Dan says that one of the ways that we can help is more programs to explain how the voting process uh, works. Right. What do you think about that? I agree. I agree. Um, and I would take it even a, a little further. Um, I uh, read a book that was about citizens academies. This is something that I uh, strongly should believe uh, believe in is, is not just how the voting process works, but, you know, people look at the government 
the government like it's this cabal out there, you know. That, I mean, that's what all this conspiracy stuff leads to is like the deep state and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, no, they are people like you and me who uh, end up with a job, you know, working to serve the community, you know, in the government. You know, they know more about how it works, but there's a big chasm that exists because everybody else is doing their nine to five. They come home, then they watch the stuff on TV, and anything that is on TV has become like a reality TV show now, so they don't think that stuff is real or that there's some kind of weird conspiracy going on in the background. So we need to, so I believe that what we could do is like a Citizens Academy. They do this in a bunch of, um, a bunch of municipalities across the country where the uh, local government uh, goes out and trains like cohorts of uh, of citizens on like, okay, this is what you can do in a public meeting. Uh, this is what we do during these committees and things. So uh, the elections is important. That's certainly important. But just to, on on all levels of government, just let's let's get closer to each other and understand that the government is us because in a democracy if you don't recognize that the government is your representative and you feel like it's this you know deep state you know uh uh full of corruption you know because you always hear that a lot as well as like oh they're all corrupt it's like no that's not true you know what i mean i can tell you from my personal experience you know and working with people in government it, they're just people trying to do their job the best that they can to serve the community. And just because you don't, uh, you're not uh, uh, standing alongside looking over their shoulder all the time does not mean <laughs> that they're, you know, uh, trying to, uh, you know, hands uh, our communities over to the lizard people or whatever. And, and, <laughs> uh, and not only that, though, too, like if you've seen some of the offices, not to diss, this is not a, but if you've seen some of the offices that our local yeah. representatives work out of and folks. Yeah, right. You can't be corrupt and you're still eating Raymond noodles, for God's sake. Yeah, I mean, right. Yeah, yeah. It's not Keurig, that glamorous. You got, you got granola bars. <laughs> what? I mean, I, you know, I, I certainly understand, you know, at, at, uh, at, at levels uh, throughout our society, there's different levels of corruption. And especially where people are, you know, have... Um, you know, more power and less daylight, you know, less people, you know, seeing what's going on. So that's why I say just, you know, let's, you know, City of Aurora, I would call, you know, uh, on you folks I, I brought up to my alderman, Mike Seville. Hi, Mike, how you doing? Um, that, that, that we should have Citizens Academy uh, where, where people are brought in and trained on how it is that their local government works. There's that level of familiarity. Correct. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, bring the bring the daylight in, and and so that you know more and more people could hear like this, you know, this uh, BS that people are saying out there, and being like, no, that's that's actually not how that works. I've you know been in the halls of government, and I know that it's not like that, you know. All right, uh, quick news item before we get back to the discussion. It's 8.36 a.m. You are listening to and watching Good Morning Aurora. Good morning. Uh, Yay! <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you, electronic fans. <laughs> All right, real quick. Um, our friends of the Fox 
Valley United Way. They're having their very first Halloween hustle, 5K and one mile fun walk. We've been telling you guys about this for about two weeks now. The great fundraising event, the proceeds of which will ensure financial support for our children. The date will take place on August, or excuse me, October 17th at 9 a.m. Phillips Park. Sponsorships are still available. Registration required. Here comes the link for that. Um, Eric, what will you miss most about Aurora when you leave? Well, I mean, the the people that, you know, that I, I was close uh, that I am close to, um, you know, I, uh, I've, I, I love, uh, you know, people of all the different sorts of backgrounds, you know, especially over at Leland Tower, we've got, you know, young professionals, we've got senior citizens, we've got, you know, people from, uh, all, you know, um, all different, uh, ethnic backgrounds, uh, there, you know, so that's like sort of a little, um, just a, 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 a microcosm of kind of what it's like to live in uh, in Aurora. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, thanks. But it came out. No, but um, and you know, I, um, you know, I, I teach uh, bilingual education, so I've always uh, had an appreciation for. Uh, um, Mexican American, uh, Latino culture as well. And so, um, and I really do believe that, you know, that that's the working, uh, class foundation of this, uh, of this town as well. And, and so, um, I, I'm gonna miss, you know, going to, uh, some of my local taquerias and stuff. And, um, and just yeah, just a lot of really uh, kind uh, people. It's a beautiful uh, town as well. Like as they uh, say, I don't know if this has been mentioned on here. How uh, a lot of the Spanish-speaking community here calls it Aurorita La Bella. What does that mean? Our beautiful little Aurora. Yeah, you know. So, and and that's an important thing to to note because there's a lot of folks you know who may not you know speak Spanish out there who uh, are not familiar with, you know, uh, the uh, Spanish-speaking community here who might think that there are folks that are just transient uh, or are, aren't really attached to the culture here and things. Because I know, I know how, you know, uh, unfortunately, even in small towns, people can kind of be separate into their own little neighborhoods around, you know, people like them and they think that, you know, the other folks, you know, in the other side of town, they don't, you know, they're not really invested in this or they, you know, don't really care, you know, about this or that, but, you know, um, but everybody is invested, you know, in Aurora and, the, and everybody, uh, call, you know, who calls this place home uh, really uh, wants to to be a part of it and, um, and, and feel like uh, it's a part of them. Uh, before the show, you and I were talking kind of candidly. Um, mm. We were talking about a, a few things, actually. Mm. But what do you? What's your outlook for Aurora? You'll be in Florida, but you'll be coming back. What's your outlook? Where do you see Aurora in the next five to ten years? Yeah. So you know, my initial thinking is right away. I'm thinking about all of the you know uh, new developments that are taking place, bringing a lot of residents to the downtown area. Uh, and so that's exciting. You know, there's new 
restaurants that are going to be popping up. I know the pandemic kind of slowed a lot of those things down. And so there's this progress in that area and that needs to happen because there's so many vacant, you know, uh, locations down here, you know, and, and, and that doesn't benefit anybody on any level. Right. But then at the same time, there's also, you know, concerns about, you know, what is known as gentrification in case anybody, and I'm going to just give my own working definition, which is pretty much just the replacement of the you know, uh, population who is here with, you know, more affluent, you know, less diverse uh, groups of people from from other places just because what they bring in, you know, more money uh, and and then everything seems to kind of cater that to that and people start to get pushed out of their own community. Um, so there, you know, there's a balance, you know, going forward that needs to be thought about and Really the only, you know, so I, I definitely uh, uh, approve uh, and uh, not that anybody needs my approval, but, you know, I, I definitely think it's beneficial for new uh, businesses and, and new residents to be coming in here. But at the same time, to address those concerns about gentrification, you need to invest in the people who are already here. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're not I, it's the, I don't think that the answer is to stop what, you know, is coming in. You know, what I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, there's limits to everything. You know, it's not to stop new new people who are interested in this community because you, it's like um, like interns coming into a, a new place of work. They bring new energy, new ideas. Right. But the people who are here also, you know, have a lot to give as well. But. You, ha you know, there has to be more investment in some of those in, in like social services and business uh, uh, training, uh, business development for local residents to where they are also getting a big piece of that pie of, of the development of downtown Aurora. So that's that's my that's my outlook. But I look I look forward to seeing what happens. I just I just hope that um, that there's. Uh, both aspects coming together in a in in sort of the best equilibrium we can create, you know, as as we go forward. We want it. We want it to be fair, but we want it to be equitable. Like there's that old saying, like if you if you build it, they will come. So we should build here to have a nice city. Like I don't want to have a I don't want to have a sparkly, beautiful city with decrepit and lacking social services with nowhere for youth to go. I don't want right, right, that. Right, like a gated community or where like people who, you know, aren't uh, as affluent feel like, like they don't have a place in, in the area. I mean, and, and that's really also what should, I mean, ideally, I think, you know, uh, people uh, in who, who've got the right, kind of viewpoint on these things we, we can't be naperville we can't be geneva geneva and naperville already do what they do really well you know what i mean aurora's got to be aurora and what makes aurora is the people that are in it you know and so what how you attract uh you know the right kind of folks people who believe in this in this town is by showing the best parts of who the people are that are already here 
you know, and bringing that in. You know, yesterday I saw uh, someone showed the mural that's over on um, uh, Muebleria Sergio uh, over. Um, Pierre Lucero, what up? Yeah, right. And so, you know, and I immediately so uh, it's celebrating Mexican uh, culture, Mexican-American culture. And, you know, and it's a wonderful thing, you know, and uh, but immediately people are, you know, saying, oh, you know, we need red, white and blue. And, you know, what's what's all of this, you know, uh, celebrating, you know, other cultures here and stuff. You know, we need to celebrate, you know, who we are. You know, it's like that is who we are. That is, you know, a lot of what uh, Aurora is. You know what I mean? And so uh, we want. I think we want people coming here who understand that that's, you know, and accept that. Not people who are looking to replace the culture, but who are looking to embrace the culture. I did it. Look at that. Yeah, nice. Replace, embrace. Yay! It's just, you know, it's it's the chai latte, man. Uh, let's see here. A couple of more news items before we get to the latter and final parts. 8.46 a.m. You are tuning in, watching to, watching to, you're tuning into and watching Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We are here with a personal and dear friend of the show, Mr. Eric Franzen. Uh, Tracy says, yeah, she saw that post and, uh, connected some things there. Reminded folks that the Hispanic culture has been in Aurora since the late 1800s. Yeah, that's word up. Norma Peterson, what is happening with you? And Tia, good morning to you as well. Uh, real quick, guys. Our Friends of Age Guide Northeastern Illinois are hosting the Senior Lifestyle Expo. Don't forget, been telling you about this for a week now. Uh, this is the largest annual expo in the Midwest for older adults. This year, the event will be virtual. Join for two days of educational sessions, memory cafes, entertainment, exhibitors, and more. All from the comfort of your own home. The event will take place August 17th and 18th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Attendance is free, but registration is required. There is a link to register, and I will put that in the chat um, for you guys. So, it's Monday. You leave us on Friday. What uh, what does this very last week look like for you? Boxes, <laughs> you know, boxes and and uh, and uh, farewell parties. But you know, I mean, or get-togethers, you know. But I uh, I don't like that that idea of farewell. It's just it, you know, I mean, sure things change, you know, when you um when when you move away and uh and you're only coming back on visits afterward but uh you know it's just a it's just a transition so i mean i guess just uh some get togethers recognizing a little bit of a transition and in my life and i suppose in you know my friends lives and the fact that you know uh i won't be around as much but um yeah, so those things, and then also, yeah, just trying to. I I am moving out with whatever fits into my Honda Pilot. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any real uh, expensive furniture, and so I didn't think that I would drop a couple of grand to to move those items down there. So I am just uh, going down there bare bones, and so I'm just trying to figure out what I can fit in there what I can't and uh and you know um you know checking in with you know people that I love and care for um before I before I head out but um yeah you can go your own way uh, 
Galio away. Damn, Eric Franzen, man, he's leaving us. Uh, I got a story that I want to tell the people about. Eric Franzen here. Eric Franzen got. <laughs> Eric here got me involved uh, at a very early time in my aurora. Uh, Eric took Eric and I and another buddy went to the mayoral debates taking wow. place at the. Uh, downtown Aurora Public Library once upon a time, okay, and that right. was a good time. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, first thing it makes me think of is we still need to, I, I know that it's an added cost, et cetera, but you need to uh, provide people with, you know, uh, language interpretation at these events. We need to include everybody. Everybody needs to know what's going on, even if at first, people don't show up for it. You need to believe in uh, in having that information out there because if only uh, people can only hear the debate in English, then you are excluding a large segment of our society, you know, uh, of our community. That was, uh, you know, it was an interesting moment, though. And we learned, I learned um, a whole a whole lot. Now, here's my, here's my direct question, though. Politically, has Aurora gotten more efficient or less efficient. Yeah. Well, you know, so my uh, even though I have tried to be as involved as I as I could be um, in my community, you know, uh, at, to ver at various times to varying degrees, um, I can't say that I that I know all of the details about you know its efficiency necessarily. But what I could maybe speak to is just how I see some of the politics working here um, versus how I would like to see it working. And and that's why I keep on bringing up this issue with the Citizens Academy, because I just I, I, I think that there needs to be less of this, you know, sort of prescriptive uh, approach to politics where, you know, uh, typically a lot of politicians, they, you know, they've got, you know, certain, you know, kinds of prescribed events that they do, uh, photo ops and, um, and hug the dog, kiss the baby. Yeah. Present the, the, the awards to everybody. But, you know, we really, uh, they're in the leadership position and they need to set the, um, sort of the ambiance here, the environment of, of trust by showing that they are not afraid to have the people draw near to them and learn about what it is that they're doing. You know what I mean? Um, and trust that if they do that, that that's, uh, that that's going to end up benefiting them because, you know, obviously the contrary is, is like, oh, we need to keep people at an arm's length because they're not responsible enough to handle, uh, you know, more information. You know, they might do something that's going to harm, uh, you know, either w what we're doing or, or what, our, what our position is, you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, um, I, I just hope that in the future that, that there's, I, and I know that there's probably a lot of efforts to this in, in this respect, but I just think that if you're comfortable with the status quo, then you're not doing your job, you know, especially in, in government, right? And so, uh, so um, these days, I think it's just like kind of, you know, you look at what's going on in society and it's like a clarion call for like, it's time to let people in 
and become more familiar with what their local government is doing and and there's always more you could be doing and shout out to everybody who's doing who's making probably a ton of efforts I'm not even aware of so I will say that uh to to do exactly that but there's always more that could be done because if you listen to what people say, most people don't have a clue what's going on. Most people can't even tell you who their alderman is, I'm going to guess. You know what I mean? And so that's can't be like that. No, you can't sit there and, you know, uh, lead the horse. People aren't horses, but analogy. You can't lead the horse to water and then force them to drink, right? But you can certainly find new and creative ways to, to make that connection. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we tried to do here on this show for a very long time is to let people know that they need to be involved. You need to get engaged. You should be out there um, taking part in things. But also, you know, Eric brings up a good point. Don't fill up the comments on the City of Aurora City Council meeting ranting about your alderman bringing up issues that only a senator could fix. Don't write your senator with alderman issues. Get, learn what's going on, learn what's happening, and then you could start to, you know, to really crank it up and, and, and take it to the man. I think people want to take it, stick it to the man more than they want to educate themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of it's, you know, based on just a feeling of overall wrongness, you know, uh, something's wrong in the world today. You know, you were uh, singing uh, Living on the Edge a little bit earlier. Funny. Um, you know, everybody feels there's something wrong in the world today, right? And like, and the first chance that they get, they're going to like sit there and bring up the whole ball of wax, you know, to the to the first authority that they can, you know, run into. Um, and... Yeah, you know, it's and so there's that divide there as well. I feel like a lot of, uh, you know, people who work uh, in local government feel like people are coming at them and just, you know, uh, just disrespecting them like outright without knowing the first thing about what it is that that they're doing. And, you know, maybe they still would have their disagreements, but, um you know, it, you, what, what is it? You catch more flies with honey or something, you know, like. You, uh, you catch more <laughs> bees with honey than you can with vinegar. Um, I, I, you know, I believe that, that, that that's true. That doesn't mean that you've got to be a brown noser and things like that. I'm the last person to believe in, in that. But, uh, you know, especially I think post 2016, because that's a lot of what's changed is that. Uh, there's a lot of folks who are like, you know, want to get, and I, and I've been one of them who, who want to get involved. Right. Uh, and, and they want to make a difference as quickly as they can. Right. But that's based on change is based on relationships, you know, um, and you have to have some kind of relationship with, with the folks who are in positions of authority. And if that relationship is purely adversarial, you're not going to get far. And you also need to be really educated on, on how uh, the, the changes have typically been made. doesn't mean that they need to continue to work that way, but you have to, you have to meet things where they're at you know, to start off with. You got to learn the game before you start changing rules. Yeah, right. Nice. 
I like oh. that. Yeah, clap for yourself. Clap for yourself. There you go. Um, yeah, and you know, and I, I want to say all this with a lot of humility, man, because there's a lot of other people on both sides of these issues that know that have been doing it for a lot longer than I ever have, been in Aurora for a lot longer than I ever have. Uh, and may feel that they've got greater ownership over things and uh, and uh, than than I do. So I'm not uh, trying to uh, pontificate, you know, uh, and um, and say that that I'm the one with all of the answers. But it just, you know, that that's just my just the analysis that 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 comes to me as uh, as I look at the current situation in Aurora and. Hopefully it makes sense to some folks out there and um, and because it seems like the the best way forward. People kind of bridging, bridging the divides. You know, it doesn't mean that you, you know, you, you don't have to be a rebel rouser at, at all points and you don't have to be a brown noser at all points. You know, you can you can you know, we're not separate. We don't have to be all separate teams and adversaries and stuff. Uh, we can kind of. You know, get in there, get in that that uh, that gray middle and that uncomfortable little space, some little bit of ambiguity sometimes. And uh, there and, is a happy medium. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's not always. You know, it's nuanced. People don't. You know, uh, especially in our small social media uh environment we live in, people are getting less and less comfortable with nuance. You find people who. To agree on ninety nine percent of things, arguing and you know attacking each other's like humanity, you know over the one percent that that they and it's like and it's like hey guys you know let's 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 find some points of consensus. I, I want to point out something like uh, the Pride Parade that was a huge success and I I hope continues to be a huge success. The reason why that was successful is is because there was consensus that, you know, was kind of underground consensus that this is something that needed to, to take place. Sure, there's going to be folks that are uh, opposed to the things. And it, there was a fight, you know. <laughs> I won't call out any names, but there was some folks who didn't act right in that scenario at all. Um, and you know who you are if, you, if you're watching or hear this. You could just know it for yourself. Tell yourself what you want. How do I know? <laughs> But, um, but yeah, uh, there, there's, there's a consensus that, that, you know, exists for a lot of, of these issues um, that, that we can move forward on. We don't have to go to the most polarizing points right away. We can get the things done that are feasible, you know, to, to gain some momentum. Then the relationships build, right? And then trust is built. And then people start working together better. Time is 9 a.m. Man, we hit the mark today. <laughs> our dear brother, our dear friend Eric Franzen is here with us. We appreciate this, brother. He is leaving. But real quick, Judge Renee Cruz says, cool runnings, Eric. Peace on the journey. Thank you. Thank you. Much respect Yay! to you. Good luck on you. Uh, so the show ends on a positive note. As you know, we're going to give you the last word for today. It's Monday, something that the people of Aurora can go into their day with. Uh, what do you want to leave the folks with? Hey, every day is a day to learn. 
Every day is an opportunity to, um, to, to reflect and to modify and to uh, do something new, uh, try something new, be open to, to new possibilities. Uh, it's Monday, Motivational Monday. That will be my motivation to everybody out there. Be open to new possibilities. And with that, uh, that's a wrap for us today. It's Monday. Go slay the world out there, you guys. Have a beautiful day. Have a blessed day, a positive day. Norma Peterson, we appreciate you so much. Casildo, shout out. Thank you, Eric. Good luck. Safe travels. Daniel Barrero, we appreciate it. Eric, you won't need uh, winter clothes down there in Florida. That's a word of. I packed them away. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, so, um, but other than that, you guys, I hope that you guys have a beautiful day. Um, you know how we do on this show. We appreciate all of our fans, listeners, subscribers. Head on over to the YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button. Like the videos. Check it out. We've got a lot more uh, interesting Aurora stuff coming. And with that, you know how I typically do. Take care of yourself and each other. Amen.